Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, as we exit the pandemic and the financial supports are phased out, it's an unfortunate reality that we may see increased personal insolvency cases over the next 12 to 24 months. Kerry O'Neill is a personal insolvency practitioner with R. Hendy & Co. Chartered Accountants, and she joins me now to discuss the various options that are available. Kerry, I know it's early days, but as we exit the pandemic, have you already seen an increase in activity on the personal insolvency front? Very much so. We've seen an awful lot of people um, coming in with queries in relation to where they are. They're, they've taken payment breaks. Their, their income has been affected. Maybe they've missed payments and they're, they're coming back now looking for advice. OK, so talk us through maybe some of the solutions then that you put in place for those different circumstances. Um, OK, so under the personal insolvency, there is um, several suites of options. OK, so we can do what's called a PIA a personal insolvency arrangement. And these are for people with mortgages and unsecured debts. So we can do restructures here based on term extensions, interest rate reductions. Then the other options are a DSA, a debt settlement arrangement. This is for somebody with unsecured debts only, so no mortgages. Then there is another option called a DRN, a debt relief notice. And this is people on low incomes with very few assets and they owe just under 35000 and this is done through the MAB scheme and then obviously the final option is bankruptcy and this is where none of the other options are a viable option and the person has to go straight to the bankruptcy court. Talk to us about the Kerwin case which the High Court ruled on recently as this could have significant ramifications for personal insolvency arrangements going forward. The Kerwin case was approved in the High Court and um, this was a lady who was 54 years of age and she owed death um, though it totaled about 108,000, 83,000 was her mortgage with start mortgages. Her home was valued at around 145,000. What was agreed in this case was where she would make monthly payments until she was going to be 90 years of age. And the whole idea behind this was to keep her in her family home, and the repayments were based on her affordability. So she was paying about 214 euros a month. Um, on this now this was what we call an uncontested case all her creditors agreed to this and um, so this was approved in court and obviously it hit the headlines because her mortgages were structured to age 90 whereas the central bank guidelines are age 71. So how did the banks react to this particular judgment? At the moment some banks are seeing it as a positive move it's keeping the debtor in her family home based on affordability and we are seeing a lot of these cases and um, in this case she could afford to pay some capital and interest we are seeing some cases come through where people are of the older age where the banks are just doing interest only in a similar idea and in those particular cases let's say where it's agreed through a personal insolvency arrangement or other ways that somebody can stay in their home on an interest only basis until such time as they pass away does the property then go into probate and the solicitor pays out the principal to the bank when the property is sold that is how it works. Um, a lot of these people, obviously, life assurance or mortgage protection insurance would have expired at the normal age, 71, 72, and obviously the cost of extending that would be huge. So therefore, these properties, when they're sold or transferred, um, and if the person passes away, it would be transferred to their estate, This then the solicitor would deal with paying out the mortgage balance at this stage. And because they've been paying interest only, it's, it's a set amount so, and then the balance will go into the estate to be divided as the person wished. 
Now, I would like you to explain the difference between the personal insolvency arrangement and a debt settlement arrangement. A personal insolvency arrangement is for somebody who has a mortgage or secured assets. So this would be somebody who, who, who owns a home and whether it be a, a mortgage on it or a judgment mortgage on it or whether there be some form of lien on it. And then they would also have unsecured debts where a debt settlement arrangement is somebody who has unsecured debts only. So these could be people who have given up their property or just have residual debt from, from this or maybe they just have credit card loans or credit union loans. So one is designed for a mortgage and a restructure on secured assets, whereas a debt settlement arrangement is just for unsecured debts only. Now, one of the concerns that people entering into a personal insolvency arrangement may have is that they may have difficulty in securing credit again. And that is a very viable concern. While you're in a personal insolvency arrangement or a debt settlement arrangement, and these can be anything from three months to five years or six years, depending on what plan you're in, um, you can only obtain credit of under, up to €650 Euros without informing your creditors. Once your PIA or your DSA is over, obviously, you're, you've satisfied all your debts. It's five years from this date before the credit register will be updated to say these debts have been discharged in full. So that's why in our office we do try to do our PIAs or our DSAs over a shorter period of time. So you might be in a 12-month or a 24-month PIA so then you only have five years after this. So the process itself takes seven years rather than a 10 or 11 year process. When negotiating on behalf of your clients in relation to insolvency issues, are you finding that the banks and the funds are taking a common approach? The high street banks would take a very common approach. They would have similar products that they would open. The funds tend to look at maybe a little bit outside the box. They might look at you know, paying lump sums or balloon payments at the end. They are offering a few different products. So in terms of your own clients, when they're having difficulty meeting monthly mortgage repayments on their own family home, talk me through the process you go through to actually negotiate on their behalf. The main aim we do at the very beginning is what is your income? What are your expenses? What do you need to live on? Is that reasonable? Um, Is that, you know, affordable in the long term? Once we have your affordability, we will try and look at the market value of your property first. What interest rate are you on? How long do you have left on your mortgage? Can we extend it out? And then we would sit down. We have a formula formula, and we would sit down and work out how much we can do. Do we need a write-off? You know, what is your affordability? And then we come up with a plan. And we talk you through this at the very beginning. And once you're on board and, yes, you've decided that this is the way you want to go and this is the plan and this is the proposal you want to put to your banks. We then go into court, get what's called a protective certificate. So this is a 70-day window, very similar to examinership in business, where we then are able to contact the specialised units in the banks who deal with personal insolvency. So these are different units than what you would be talking to as as a debtor picking up the phone. And then, you know, we have 70 days to, to come up with a proposal and come up with a plan and carry over the past 12 months, have you witnessed an increase in the aged, challenged client category? For instance, those close to retirement age or those that have already retired? Very much so, Carl. Um, noticeably so that we've seen an awful lot of people who are what we 
called the age category, age challenge category. And these are people who are either about to retire or who have retired, yet there's still a lump sum due on the mortgage. Some of this is due to packages that were sold to these people, you know, arrangements that were made back in the crash of 0809, where they paid a certain amount of capital and interest down based on their affordability and a certain amount was warehoused. This warehouse is now either due or coming due. And these people are going into their old age pensions or even their private pensions. But this lump sum is, is just unaffordable. Now, has COVID altered the hearing of personal bankruptcy cases? And generally, what are the timelines involved in these, Kerry? Well, I actually was in my very first virtual bankruptcy um, sitting this week. Um, and what we're finding is up, up until March this year, the virtual, bankruptcy, the virtual bankruptcy court didn't exist. What happens is you physically enter the, the bankruptcy court and the registrar is in the court. The judge is in a different room and you, you go through your um, bankruptcy. And if you're self-adjudicating with a PIP, it takes literally two seconds. But you have to be in court for about five, ten minutes waiting for your turn. Um, and we, I had my first one this week. Now, I've obviously been to bankruptcy court several times, but my first virtual one this week. It had taken about five weeks for his paperwork from when it was sent to be approved for the examiner's office to physically be adjudicated on today. Now, I was on a CPD event with the High Court um, examiner on Friday, and he said the backlog is now gone. So it is taking about two to three weeks at this stage once your paperwork has been accepted by court to get a court date. And finally, what advice do you have for anyone that is struggling with their debts and considering personal insolvency? What I will always say to people is you can never have too much information. Um, so always just pick up the phone, whether it be your local MABS office or whether you come to, to a PIP office like ourselves here in North Hindley. Um, there's no initial cost to come in the door and get your information. The Awali scheme will pay for your financial advice. And in Orhendi, then we'll bring that um, financial advice up to getting yourself a protective certificate. So there is actually no cost to go through the process. And always, don't be afraid, you know, think people are going to judge you or go, oh God, I did this in the past, I took the wrong path and I made the wrong decision. The way we look at things, we have to delve into the past to get the information, but we're looking at getting you in the future, getting you back on track, and, you know, and allowing you to live your life without this pressure and stress of your mortgage and, and trying to retain your family home at all times. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Kerry O'Neill from Our Hendy & Co Chartered Accountants. And I'd like to thank Kerry for joining us on this morning's show. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.